you're listening to the Google Ads Podcast, brought to you by Solutions 8, the Google Ads Agency. The next part that actually is really important and really dangerous at the same time is GTIN. When you're talking about GTIN, the way it can help you is if you're reselling a product that already has a GTIN, it's going to give you that immediate traffic. If you're the manufacturer, it can hurt you. But if you don't have a GTIN and the product isn't known to Google because they're the manufacturer and Google's like, I don't know what this is. I don't know a GTIN. I'm going to ignore it for now. The, we covered the title. We covered the description. We covered the product type. The next part that actually is really important for and really dangerous at the same time is GTIN. So for everyone that doesn't know what GTIN, I think it stands for like global tag identification number or global something, I forget the exact acronym. Let me actually Google that. That's just gonna be smart of me. Global trade item number, that's what it was. Thank you, Anil, you're smarter than me here. I always say global tag isn't just a Google tag. But anyway, the global trade item number is the UPC. It's a barcode, it's everything. It's, it, you put a product in Walgreens, Walmart, CVS, right? It doesn't matter, it's gonna have the same barcode. It's the same product, the same package. It's global. It could be sold anywhere in the world. Google knows this and leverages it for you and against you, depending upon scenario. What I mean by this is if we take a product like a Nike shoe and we put a product, a Nike shoe inside of Google Merchant Center and we put the GTIN number in there, Google says, oh, the Nike shoe that 472,000 people looked at yesterday across 407 different platforms and 387 different sites. Got it. Here's the traffic. Now, if we place the Nike shoe on our website, don't put Nike in the title and don't give it a GTIN, we're not going to get traffic. Google hasn't identified it. You put Nike in the title, all right, Nike shoes. You put the GTIN number, you're going to get the Nike product and descriptor search terms because Google knows it catalogs the product based on the GTIN number and other users' previous historical activity to then target. That's how Google chooses. Well, one of the ways that Google chooses audiences. The reason why the products kick off so well inside of Google when the product's already been on Amazon is because Amazon requires you to have a GTIN and Google can see that. It knows the product's GTIN. So Amazon traffic looking at the product, you can pretty much jumpstart inside of a shopping or performance max campaign because Google knows what that product is and it sees the traffic on Amazon. Why? They have analytics on Amazon. They're running Google ads on Amazon for the GTIN product. Amazon runs Google ads. They know it. So when you're talking about GTIN, the way it can help you is if you're reselling a product that already has a GTIN, it's going to give you that immediate traffic. If you're the manufacturer, it can hurt you because if you put the GTIN on your product and you're the manufacturer, you bought a US or GS1 GTIN and you stuck it on your product. And if other people also want to sell the product, any money that you're spending driving traffic to yourself is also cataloged as a user that Google could say, well, they didn't buy off that website. What about you? Will they buy that product off of your website? And now the traffic you're generating yourself is also being targeted by your competitors, distributors, also selling your product with the same GTIN. So you're spending hard-earned cold cash to generate this demand and awareness on a product. And other people are also now targeting that cold traffic that you generated. So as a manufacturer, you leave yourself open to tell your competitors or your distributors, hey, you're also running product ads on the same exact product that I do. And with AI automatic targeting, here's all the people that are interested in my product on my website, go after them. That's what Google is essentially doing on your behalf. So I'm okay. Sometimes I think I did this with the tea infuser company that we have. I don't think they have GTINs. I'm like, don't add it. Just don't put it on there. If you start to get bigger and bigger, and bigger, then it's something, but it's right now. Don't necessarily put the GTINs on there. 
just yet. It's not going to do anything for you. It's not going to help you yet. It will start to help later on as we start to establish more brand and we start to scale up and spend, but it can only hurt at this time. It cannot help. When you're bigger, it can help and it can hurt. It's a even playing field, fine, but it wasn't going to help the client achieve anything at a lower spend. It's just going to build a catalog for the competitors to scoop up later on. So GTINs are good, but what GTNs are used for is, again, matching audiences to products that Google could see those audiences are interested to online, on the Chrome browser, on Amazon, competitor sites. If you do have a client that sells those products, like the Tungsten Ring Company that we have, they have a brand name on there. The brand is popular. Other competitors sell that. If we didn't have GTINs on there, we can't take advantage of all the traffic that Google already knows that is interested in that GTIN product because... We haven't told Google, hey, we also have that product. Send traffic our way. We would like some, please. So that's something that we would say is a good way to kind of jumpstart a campaign if you also have that product that there is competitive search traffic for or you're going up against the manufacturer for placement. Any questions there yet? So regarding GTIN, I see all the time that some of our clients don't know what GTIN is. Just put SKU in there. Once we onboard the client, we already have the SKU in place. But my question is this, let's say we have this client that used SKU instead of GTIN. And there has been some certain scenarios that I, I wish I had the option to change product ID because I've been repeatedly told, do not change the product ID that all the past data lies within it. Will Google store that product data all, also in that fake GTIN? I'm just gonna put it on course because it's not an actual GTIN, no? No, and I'm actually surprised that they haven't actually got more disapprovals. What Google will do is saying, what is your product? The Nike Air Jordan Model 72s. Got it. What's the GTIN of that? It better be one, two, three, four, five. No, it's five, six, two. <laughs> Invalid GTIN disapproved. It's blank. You're missing out on performance because if you put it in there, I'm able to mask some more people to you. Okay. But if you don't have a GTIN and the product isn't known to Google because they're the manufacturer and Google's like, I don't know what this is. I don't know a GTIN. I'm going to ignore it for now. So when you update that GTIN, Google's going to recheck to say, is there a GS1 to the global number for that? And if that is matched, then that is what catalogs it. Again, does it help you if you're the manufacturer just starting out? No. Will it hurt you if anybody else pops up also reselling the same item? You should already have a kind of relationship with them anyway. So yeah, they're going to steal some of your traffic though. Just So it, it allows them to steal more if they do start signing up distributors. But if there's a fake number in there and they never actually purchased a GS1 and it's a product that's not known by Google, Google's like, ah, it's not, they really help or hurt. All right, thank you so much. Sorry, I don't have a question. Actually, I want to share something. Just what Yusuf said, like instead of IDs, like the Shopify underscore US, I think we should use SKUs because I read somewhere, let's say a client wants to move from like big commerce to Shopify then all of our item IDs will get changed because it will go from like item IDs to like Shopify underscore US. So if we are using SKUs instead of like those IDs, then our data will be saved. So, right, we can easily move to another platform. There are yeah, many yeah. advantages, but yeah. Yeah, big covers, uh, cover Shopify, all the good stuff. Mm. Yep, you're 100% right. I've had clients that were like, hey, I'd like to move from here to here. It's like, okay, we need data feed watch first because we need to import what the feed's going to look like on your beta site. We're going to change all the item IDs so that this way, when it gets live inside the feed, instead of Google, instead of, inside of Google, all of my e-com product IDs are marketing a different product that is no longer on your site because it's like, all right, let's remarket Shopify US 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. What does that look like in the feed? Actually, that's now 27 
60. There's a skew and like, well, that doesn't match. And so all of your dynamic remarketing goes out the window. But yeah, I would agree. I hate taking on clients that are already had like a year's worth of Shopify US data. It's yeah. like the only way to fix that is you have to take down DMW, another fee optimized tool, import it, change all the titles, and then you can push to GMC because now they match. Do you think uh, whenever right now, let's say if we are creating a new feed for a new account, should we make an SOP to go with like SKUs? Yeah, the only thing I would say is a little issue there is the client's activities on the site or other people that they may not have brought this up to speed activities on the site could change that. Like, oh yeah, I changed this to a new product. Well, now that was a Mm -hmm. Shopify US. It's no longer a SKU. It's the default one that Shopify gave them when they added, removed, or changed a product. So those things, like it, it takes as much time, effort, and energy to monitor to make sure they're not screwing it up on their end as it does to also teach them to not do that mm. or to teach them the right way to do it. Because what Shopify or BigCommerce Recovery is going to try to do by default is not use that SKU. So we just have to say, mm. if you ever change, edit, remove any product, just remember the ID has to be your SKU and hopefully you don't get fired and I have to teach the next person that comes in. So it's a little bit riskier. I think it's better, but where now the onus is on us if it fails. And that's what I don't like at scale. So if we wanted to have like an SOP to also check that there's no new SKUs coming in or no new item IDs coming in that the client hasn't told us about, which we're always the last person on the checklist that gets told anything happened. Yeah, it might be a little bit challenging. Hmm. We have to account for that unknown. But I 100% agree. If we in a perfect world where they didn't make changes, 100%. Yeah, it gives hmm. them such a big freedom. Because Shopify is not going to be around forever. There's going to be someone that comes in and eat their lunch. It might be five years from now, but that day is going to happen. Okay, Carmen has a question. Can we hold the question? To- oh, no, wait, oh, wait, wait. I got it, Carmen. No, we wouldn't need to. Unless that private label also wants to sell on Amazon. And in that case, yes. So if they say, hey, I manufacture my own product. Do you have a G10? No, I have my own product. I also like to get a shop or I get on Amazon and then they try to go on Amazon. Amazon says you are not allowed here without a GTIN period. They have to go buy one. If they buy one and they use it on Amazon, then we use it on our site because now we're going to share organic traffic from Amazon in our targeting on our Shopify site. Thanks for listening to the Google ads podcast. For more ways to grow your business with Google ads, you can subscribe to the solutions eight YouTube channel. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And if you'd like to work with the best Google ads agency in the world, you can visit Solutions8 at sol8.com. Costum here. If you're running Google Ads, even if your campaigns are successful, my years of experience have taught me that there are almost always enormous improvement opportunities. Now, what if the best Google Ads agency in the world was willing to review your Google Ads campaigns for free and provide you with a comprehensive action plan, no cost or obligation. Notice, I didn't say audit or evaluation. I said action plan, a bullet point by bullet point breakdown of exactly what needs to be done to improve your Google Ads campaigns. Yours to keep, no cost or obligation. Head over to solate.com to get a free Google Ads action plan customized for your business. No strings attached. That's sol8.com, sol8.com.